I remember the first night I got out of prison. I played softball that night. I never imagined that's what I'd be doing. But there I was, celebrating being free in a way I never had before. I can still hear the birds that were out there that day. The little children playing. It was a nice summer evening. And it was like, this is what life is all about. My name is James, and I'm 38 years old. I spent more than half of my life locked up. I started negative behavior back when I was 13. Drugs, alcohol, gangs, crime. Then harder drugs and four different prison bits. The last one was for seven years and I had enough. It was time for a change. You hear that all the time from us sex offenders. We all say we want to change and turn our lives around and most of us really mean it and actually try but we get distracted, frustrated, or discouraged and resort back to our old ways because this is all we know. The difference for me is that I found a new way of life in a drug treatment program while incarcerated, but staying clean in the free world is a different matter. There are more temptations, more freedom of choice. Liquor stores, drugs, women, old associates. So I've chosen to come to live at St. Leonard's a halfway house for ex-offenders on Chicago's west side. Uh, lady and gentlemen, this is James. How you doing, James? I'm doing fine. Uh, James, we'd like to welcome you to our Wednesday staffing here at St. Leonard House. It all starts like for me at the weekly meeting for new residents. That's when I get put on the hot seat. I sit at the end of a long table, and the staff asks me questions about how my life got to this point. Uh, we'd like for you to tell us a little bit about your case. The staff is made up mostly of ex-offenders, so there's no use trying to lie about your past. I had two cases, one a burglary and one a possession of a stolen motor vehicle, and it was due to my drug addiction, and there were a lot of things I got away with. Had I been charged with all the crimes I did, I would have been locked up till I was an old man. To be honest, I've done some horrible things to a lot of people. Things I truly regret today, I robbed and stolen. And there was always drugs, using and selling. I was a well-respected gang member, and I thought I had to live up to a certain image. I hurt people for senseless reasons. At the same time, I was hurting myself and those who loved me. One of my lowest points was when my sister visited me in jail on Christmas Eve. She told me she should be at home cooking Christmas dinner and that I should be at home eating it. That hit home. I felt ashamed and disgusted with myself. This helped in my decision to surrender. The old way just wasn't working for me anymore. And to be honest, it never did. I couldn't go back to the same environment that I was in. And I, I want to use St. Leonard's to build new association of positive people and perhaps get some kind of housing, you know so I can try to be a productive member of society. This sounds pretty good, but it's easier said than done. I know now that I can't do it on my own. I need some help, and the staff at St. Leonard knows this also. For your own personal development, how much structure of a program do you need? I need some structure, of course. I need direction, you know, because mm -hmm. it's evident I, I don't know how to live, you know what I mean? And that's why I'm here, to learn how to live, you know, like that. That's very honest, James. Thank you. Mm -hmm. God bless you. Okay. 
Thank you very much, uh, James, for coming in and sharing with us. You're welcome. And welcome to St. Leonard House. Good luck. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you, everybody. Cool. Let's have a grateful brother offer prayer, please. There are 42 beds in St. Leonard. As a new resident, I share a room with five other guys. It's cramped, but it's rent-free, and we get three meals a day. In the name of the Holy Son, Yahshua, our Lord and Savior, amen. 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 The agenda of the Monday night meetings is to review the rules of St. Leonard's House again. The rules and regulations here at St. Leonard's are strictly enforced. Cardinal rule number one, no damage of St. Leonard House property. Two, no violence or threats of violence. Three, no fighting. Four, no weapons. Five, no alcohol or narcotics. One of the Six, rules that's hard for a lot of guys is no work for the first month we're here. Now, most sex offenders are impatient. I know I am. I'm used to having what I want when I want it. And as ex-offenders, we want to make up for lost time, get a job and an apartment, and we think our problems will go away. But they don't because we haven't worked on the issues that got us locked up in the first place. Gentlemen, many of you were working when you offended. A job don't keep you straight. That's Father Jim Stein. He's the program director at St. Leonard's. I tell people the first month especially, first six weeks, to work on your issues. If you get a job right away, you'd be surprised how little on yourself you work. Father Jim is carrying on the tradition of St. Leonard, a Benedictine monk who lived all the way back in the ninth century. St. Leonard became the patron saint of prisoners. He would buy the freedom of criminals, and in exchange, they had to work to become better citizens. Father Jim doesn't push his religion on us, but he does preach about working our program. Fellas, and, and, and I guess, it does sound a little bit like we're preaching to you, but the fact is, people here work for very little, okay? And the, our goal, what keeps us coming back, is to see you straight, honestly. I mean, and, and sometimes we may sound harsh, sometimes it looks like, geez, you know, they're on my ass. The point we're trying, we want to keep you out of prison. And we have a program that has worked for 45 years keeping people out of prison. And so what we're trying to say to you is follow the program. Working the program means staying drug and alcohol free, going to lots of support meetings, going to group therapy, and to job training. Now, if we stay with the program and follow the rules and regulations, we can live here at St. Leonard's for up to four months. In the state of Illinois, 50% of us ex-offenders go back to prison after three years. The number drops to a little over 10% for those who stick it out at St. Leonard's. I can do the math. I plan on staying to the end. And what's the name of this group? Have some healing! And what's the purpose of it? Healing! God bless you. Recovery is a full-time job. Every day there's a different 12-step meeting to attend. God, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Up until a couple of years ago, I couldn't accept I had a drug problem. I didn't want to admit that I had any kind of problem because I thought I had everything under control, in prison and out on the streets. Having no control is a sign of weakness. It makes you seem vulnerable. But in recovery, admitting you have an addiction and surrendering is the first step to getting better, a sign of strength. It took me some time and wrestling with myself to learn this new way of thinking and to unlearn the old ways. Hello, family. My name is Willie. Hey, Willie. This is Willie Sally, my caseworker at St. Leonard's. 
Every Tuesday, he leads the growing men's group down in the basement. Willie's an ex-offender and a former St. Leonard's resident. He came here in 1993 at the age of 42, and it changed his life. And that's by choice, because I never thought I had a choice. I thought I was going to die dope thing, die thief, or die in the penitentiary, or go crazy. Today, I've been restored to some sanity. And God didn't do it because of me and my good looks, or because I had $2 over my car fare. He did it so I could share with another human being that he's still in the miracle business. And whatever happened to a maggot like me <coughs> could happen to a butterfly like you. If you just try. If you just try. Look to your right and tell the brother, you're a miracle. You're a miracle. Thank you. I talk to Willie every day. He's the kind of person I want around me now the kind of person I need around me if I'm going to stay out of prison. I've been out for just two weeks, and Willie says I'm doing all right. He knows that he want to live a better and decent life. He know he don't know how to live, just like me and the majority of the people in recovery, and that we must have some meetings and other people in my, our lives that's trying to learn how to live on a daily basis. Each afternoon for the first month, I attend a job training program at St. Leonard's. We learn time management, resume writing, interviewing skills, and how to establish some goals to work toward. Would you like to share with the group a few of those goals? Yeah, one, spirituality. A, read the Bible. B, read my literature and help others. And C, prayer and meditation. Two, my recovery. Three, reestablish healthy relationships with loved ones. Number three is a big one for me. Reestablish healthy relationships with loved ones. Hi, Mama Lena. How are you today? Fine. That's good. How old are you? I'm nine years old. Really? What school do you go to? Middleton Elementary School. One of my biggest goals is spending time with my daughter, Willene. What's your real name? Willene Antoinette Robinson. I call her Mama Lena. She's my princess. Mama Lena lives with my sister in Skokie. I see her on the weekends when we're allowed to leave St. Leonard's. I heard you got your report card not too long ago. Yeah. What kind of grades did you get? In gym, yeah, in gym I got an A, in music I got an A, in science I got an B. All A's and B's? Yeah. You go good, you go A's good. A's and B's. Right. Right. No, I'm proud of you, and you should be proud of yourself because you're doing good in school. Yeah, I'm going to try harder. Okay. Yeah. Who loves you, baby? Daddy. I also have a son named James who's 18. He lives with his mother on the south side. Until two weeks ago, I hadn't seen James since he was four. I was just too wrapped up in my life of crime. I was in prison with James's uncle, who said James had been asking him who his daddy was. His uncle told him, and when I got out, James called me. Do you remember anything about me? No. Uh, what did your mother ever tell you about me? Nothing. She never told you I was your father? No. Are you angry about that? Not at all. Okay. Why not? Because I know you was going through problems at the time, mm -hmm. dealing with your addiction. Right, right. So how do you feel about me now? Got a lot of love for you. Do you think of me as a positive role model? Yeah. Why? 
because you're going in a positive direction. When I look at James, I see myself at that age. He's been arrested once for drugs, and sometimes he don't want to listen. This kind of makes me mad, but I know he hears me. Do you think you'll be able to learn from my past experience and prevent from making the same mistakes that I did? Yeah. How? That's the road I do not want to take. Okay. I'm going to the road to success. Okay. I've been in St. Leonard's for about a month now, and things are going pretty well. I'm working my program, and I reconnected with my kids. But it's not so smooth for a lot of guys who come through here. Take Larry, for example. At his first meeting with the staff, he starts off by denying he has a drug problem. I know I got the chain. Feel Folks. like you got a drug problem? Right now? Yeah. No, I don't, I don't feel like I have a drug problem right now. But then a few minutes later, Larry changes his tone. But I understand my problem is drugs. Yeah. That's my only problem. That's it, huh? Drugs and alcohol. That's it? Drugs is the only problem? That's huh? my only problem. By the end of the meeting, he's back the way he started. So then the drugs are not the problem. Huh? The drugs aren't the problem then, right? The drugs are, it's not the problem. the problem, right? Right, right, okay. No, the drugs ain't the problem then. Larry here is in denial, so he's just saying what he thinks the staff wants to hear instead of just being honest with himself. Eventually, it catches up with him. Okay, Larry. Uh, I want to talk to you, Father, in regards to my, uh, my situation, my disposition here at uh, St. Leonard's house. And, uh, the first really month, Larry misses mandatory meetings and keeps violating his curfew. A staff person is recommending that he be kicked out. So Larry asked for a meeting with Father Jim to plead his case to stay. I'm, I'm just asking for the benefit of the doubt to stay, for me to stay so that I can, so that I can get on top of my life and do what's right for me because, you know, I, because I've been in and out of penitentiary for like 10 years since 89 and I ain't never, I ain't never had a chance to really get in, you know what I'm saying, get a structure in my life and it really, it's really, it really dawned on me because in life I know that I had to, I had to go by rules and regulations and no matter what I do and I'm willing, I'm willing to make any type of, type, type of sacrifice that's necessary. It seems like you've done a lot of, of thinking about some of this. Father Jim gives Larry an ultimatum. Five weeks of no movement. Sort of the St. Leonard's version of lockdown status. Under Father Jim's offer, the only times Larry can leave the halfway house is to attend support meetings or job training. No weekend passes, you stay here for five weeks. Then I would know in your heart that St. Leonard's House program is first for you. After thinking about it for a few minutes, Larry decides to accept Father Jim's offer. I'm gonna take the five weeks. Okay. And I have two witnesses that heard this. But later that night, Larry changes his mind and leaves St. Leonard's. Some guys just can't handle the rules and regulations. I really thought about it, and I felt as though like I was tired of being in a controlled environment. I just come out of a controlled environment for being gone from society 39 months, and then I feel as though they don't have a drug problem no more, so I started focusing on trying to get me a job and things like that there. Larry stays in touch with St. Leonard's for a month or so, then just disappears. Gentlemen and ladies, this is Mr. Alberto 
Welcome to our Wednesday staffing here at St. Leonard House. Alberto is 20 years old. He came here to St. Leonard's like a lot of other guys, full of hope and promise. Yeah, I feel that this place is going to do a great deal of uh, help to me, you know? Alberto's been caught up in the system yeah. since he was 10. Foster homes, gang life, drugs, and alcohol. But uh, I overcome that throughout the joint. I rehabilitate myself. Um, How you do that? Uh, exerting, exerting and listening to others. I've uh, had uh, mistakes in my life, and I've learned from them. Father Jim and the rest uh, of the staff, they take a lot of interest in Alberto. Everyone seems to like him. They see a smart kid at a crossroad in his life. At age 20, he has a choice to stay on the same dating road or to take a new path. But I want to know this. I want it from your heart. Are you going to do our 120-day program, or are you just here until you get hooked up, until somebody gets to a better place? I'm going to do the 120 days. It's from your heart? Yeah. Or maybe more. Okay. <coughs> That's all I had to ask. Thank all right. You. Welcome to St. Leonard's. For a few weeks, Alberta is on the right track. My future today is going back to school, uh, getting me a job, getting a lot of a lot of help from a lot of helpful people in St. Leonard's, and just making it, making it life. But then, after just three weeks at St. Leonard's, Alberta leaves the halfway house and moves back to his old neighborhood. He just wanted to do something different. They, the program was too strict for him. And basically he thought he could keep straight by just going home. I disagree. And so we'll see in the long run. I mean, I hope, I hope he stays straight. I don't think he will. If I were a betting man, I'm not, I would bet that he's gonna be back in the system. Two weeks after he leaves St. Leonard's, Alberto is arrested on a weapons charge. He's released on bond, but three weeks after that, he's arrested again, this time for burglary. He's charged with trying to steal a car. Even though Father Jim emphasizes the need for us to focus on ourselves for the first month we're here at St. Leonard's, I start working after just a few days with the stipulation that I also work my program. I get a job doing demolition for a real estate developer that hires ex-offenders. I also get my son James a job here. We do all the dirty work, like gutting apartments in upscale neighborhoods. Today, I'm digging out a basement. It's hard work for low pay, but oatmeal beats no meal. And I'm thankful. Life is good, almost too good. Sometimes I wonder, when's the storm coming? My caseworker, Willie Sally, He's thinking the same thing. He says I need to be tested. You know, just a little test, nothing harmful to him, but something out of his control where he prowls over to see if he bring faith in there, if, if he bring honesty, knowing that he can't do this, see if he have any patience or tolerance, will he humble himself, will he use the 12 steps to bypass the booby traps of life. It's not long before Willie gets his wish and some storm clouds start to form. My son James is arrested for possession of cocaine. I feel responsible because I was gone from his life for so long. My first instinct is to borrow money from my old hustling buddies and bail them out. 
that's risky because that's not a crowd I need to be associating with. Fortunately, I have my main 12-step meeting where I can go vent these feelings. Good evening, my name is James. Hey, James. It's called the Winner's Circle, and most of the members are ex-offenders, so they understand where I'm coming from. I went through some things right there, right? Because I'm like, I got to get him out, you know? Because I'm feeling guilty because I, I, I wasn't... I wasn't there for him, you see what I'm saying? And I started thinking on some negative shit, you see what I'm saying? Because I know people who would help me get him out, but it's going to be a price behind that, you see what I'm saying? And I'm rationing with, am I willing to pay that price? You know what I mean? And it's tug of war, and right today, you know what I'm saying? I'm still rationing. How far will I go to get him out? If I go in the crack house to get somebody else out, who gonna come get me? You see what I'm saying? You know, I decided to remain patient and weather the storm. I visit James in jail and tell him I'll be there for him no matter what happens. A week later, my prayers are answered. James is released on probation. For the next 18 months, he has to attend 12-step meetings, undergo drug counseling, and is subject to random drug tests. I see it as a blessing for James, a wake-up call, as long as he takes advantage of it, but he's still in denial. Talking to my own son, I feel like Father Jim, talking to the guys at St. Leonard's. Do you think you have a drug problem? No. You don't think you have a drug problem? No, I do not, but the judge think I have a drug problem. You get high? Yeah. Is that good for you? No. Okay, then doing something that you know is not good for you, when you think that to be a problem? Yes. So, I'm gonna reiterate the question. Do you think you have a drug problem? Yes. Because understand this shit. Any person that don't think they have a problem with anything, you understand what I'm saying? Then they won't try to do anything about it. You know what I mean? That's how I was. That's why I'm where I'm at today. You see what I'm saying? And I don't want you to go through the same things that I went through. You know what I mean? So you had an opportunity, you young, fresh, get on top of your life now. Nah, I don't have to go through the things I'm going through now. Nah, a lot less painful. You know? Now I want you to say this so I can feel it. I, I am going upstairs. And get the job. It's up there for me. I'm taking it home today. Taking it home. You know you're right. Thank you. Man, I've been doing demolition work for almost two months now, and I'm tired of it. I'm ready for something better. So I go to a job fair at a church on the west side. Right now we're looking for service clerks, cashiers, uh, stock clerks, one-hour photo specialists, and pharmacy technicians. Employees in Illinois get a tax credit for hiring ex-offenders, and there's plenty of us here to choose from. I think I'm qualified. I have a GED and some college credits, and I type 45 words a minute. And you just got to remember that the most important thing with your application is be upfront. Okay, right. that's the first thing, be upfront, because we do do background checks. But you got to remember, just because you had something that happened to you in the past doesn't make you a bad person, and it doesn't make you not qualified to be employed by someone. Okay. You always keep that in mind. Okay? Right, right. All right. I leave the applications with four different companies including Walgreens and the Radisson Hotel. But I never hear back from any of them. Later that afternoon, 
I meet with Lori Adams, a job specialist at a social service agency called Cathedral Shelter. Can you fill this out for me? Sure. Today. Fill this out, and um, there's a space um, where it will ask you if you had any previous um, criminal history. Right. So let me know. So yes, that, I do. Okay. Okay, and I, that way I kind of know how to um, focus the search for you. Okay. What companies I need to stay away from, what companies I need to uh, work with. Lori hooks me up with a cable company that's looking for people to work in the customer service department. After a couple of interviews, I get the job. My boss is named Yvonne. I interview a lot of people, mm -hmm. and some of the things that stood out when I interviewed you was, number one, your personal appearance. You came dressed very professionally. Um, you smiled a lot, and that was important because mm -hmm. we need friendly people in customer service. Mm -hmm. And your answers to my questions were customer-focused, so you knew what it felt like to be treated well by a, um, a service. I have to pass the drug test and a background check, just like all the other candidates. They all know about my criminal history, but they judge me on how I am today, not on my past. I just know everybody makes a mistake. You know, some of us get caught and some of us don't. <laughs> so some of us do really bad things that other people don't know about. And um, James is here just like any other employee that we've hired. The past is the past. We go forward. I like that. I like that. Good evening. My name is James. Hey, I can't wait to tell my winter circle group about my job. I feel blessed, you know. I got a job, man, pay benefits, you know what I mean? I ain't never had nothing like that before. I got stock options, you know what I'm saying, and pension plans. You know, that's blessings, man. They had an old addict, ex-offender like me, to get an adult to achieve these things. I ain't never going nowhere. That's my job for life. When I retire, it's going to be with that job, you know. And I feel that's truly a blessing, you know. A little nervous, because I'm waiting for something bad to happen. You know, it's like that karma, all that shit that I've done to people in the past, now I think it's going good when it's going to be my turn, you know what I mean? You know, but I can't afford to drink or use about it, because then everything I have achieved is going to be whew, gone, you know? And I keep coming back. So here's where I am after three months in the free world. I feel good about myself. I feel good about life. Better than I've felt in a long, long time. But I can't afford to get complacent. There are going to be more tests ahead. I'm on solid ground, though. I'm doing things I never used to do. I'm making plans, and I have goals. One goal is to get an apartment. I never had a place in my home. I want a nice apartment, not an SRO or a flop house. A place where my son and daughter can come visit and sleep over every so often. It may take a few months until I save up for a deposit. In the meantime, I can stay at a friend's place. So now, it's time for me to leave St. Leonard's. I know it. The staff knows it. It's the right time. And I feel proud that I never left. That I stuck with the program. And so for the last time, I sit down and have a talk with my caseworker, Willie Sally. It's an emotional meeting for both of us. I weighed out my decision. I shot it past a lot of people, you know. I, I know I'm ready to leave St. Leonard's. I exhausted everything they had for me, you know, and I felt I was ready to spread my wings somewhat, you know. And that's what I'm doing now, you know. That's good. Diving in the water, I ain't just... Because you got to go sometime. Right. Mm -hmm. you know? 
And you prepared. Right. So. You at the point now that you don't never have to look back. Right. You, you, like you say, you got that foundation. You don't never have to look back. Right. You all, you look straight forward. Right. It's all about the choices that I make from now That's on. That's right. Hold your head up high. Don't never hold your head down. You have no reason. Now, you have paid all your dues. You're a responsible, productive member of society. Just keep up the good work. God bless you. God bless you, too.